Yes, that thick music welcomes us into another edition of Sportstopia. Fantasy Fire and Ice is your boy, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, my man, Monotone Football, the good Stu. Coming at you on a Thursday as we get ready to uh, get ready for week five of the NFL season. Now, don't be like me every Thursday night. Go searching around looking for the football game. You got to go to the Prime, Prime Video app, you know what I'm saying, on your smart TV. And then that's how you get in, Stu. But every tonight, later on tonight, Stu, despite me mentioning this just now, later on this evening, I'll be looking for the football game. I will too. I can't keep stop making that mistake, but that they kind of set us up for that, unfortunately. And I mean, hey, if it's bad for me, I know it's bad for like my parents, my uncles. I'm sure, I'm sure it's taking them a solid. Right, you know, relax, relax with the age jokes, Stu. <laughs> 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 I'm going to still get it done. I'm going to find the game at some point. It might be the second quarter, but I remember about Amazon Prime. But tonight we got the Chicago Bears and your Washington Commanders. Commanders are a six-point home favorites in this one. We start this Thursday night off that away. Kind of let me get some of your first thoughts, some of your first uh, reactions, some of your initial thoughts going into tonight's games. Your, 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 your boys taking on the Monsters of the Midway. Yeah, I mean, I like the Commanders tonight. I'm surprised we're six-point favorites, though. We, we've I seen am too. this whole thing happen with Arizona in week one, right, where a lot of people were willing to say, oh, the other team is just so bad. But Washington is never going to be a team I want to trust to cover very big numbers. That's never something I'm going to be laying them to do. But I do think they win this game. I think the biggest reason is pretty simple. The weakest part of Washington's team is their offensive line. Very simple. We've seen it with Howell being sacked. We've seen it affect them in the run game as well. This Chicago's Bear team is a bottom three pressure eight team. They have barely any sacks on the season. They're not getting to the quarterback. When you give Sam Howell time, right, when, when he doesn't actually have eight guys in his face at once, he's been very good this season. So for that reason, I think Washington should be able to take care of business. Yeah, I kind of agree with the game theory that you got right there. Obviously, the two, the two, uh, you know, the unit that has caused Washington some issues has been the offensive line. The Bears can't really push that way. Washington's strength kind of lies in their defensive line. That offensive line for the Chicago Bears is not bad, but it's not good that good either. What do you think about um, Justin Fields tonight? Because obviously the matchup with these two quarterbacks, two young quarterbacks, Sam Howell and Justin Fields. Justin Fields kind of got that big draft capital and you know and stuff like that. Sam Howell, they got it. You say what bring that they're bringing along, but you know I, I kept thinking about this last year when the Bears were like, okay, they didn't need the first pick of the draft, and I was like. Okay, so the Bears have one. The Texans have two. The Bears quarterback is Justin Fields. The Texans quarterback is Davis Mills. They're the same player. So why doesn't the Bears need a quarterback, too? Now we get into the season and we see the Bears need a quarterback, too. I was going to say, it's exactly like you just said it right there. It's kind of one of those things where in those draft rooms, people get a little crazy. They overvalue some of their guys. They undervalue some of their guys. And now it's showing, right, that this Bears team is is kind of directionless without a quarterback. It's even looking like they might have to draft one next year, right? So for me, in terms of fields, 
I like him in the run game this week. I think there's a very distinct mm. advantage over the Washington linebacker core. Jamin Davis having a solid season, but kind of struggles with the broken tackles. And then Cody Barton is on the slower side for linebackers. So for me, when I see Justin Fields being pushed out of the pocket in this one, right, Chase Young having a pretty good season so far, I think they're going to be some running holes, right? I think he's going to have a couple 20-yard runs, a couple of that Justin Fields we saw last season. Mm, that's a good idea. People will be looking forward and excited about that. Um, Fields, though, right? Okay, so let's – what about DJ Moore? Like, because I kind of feel like he can have a decent game tonight, too, against that commander secondary. Yeah, and I mean, for showdown purposes, he's going to be important, right? This is a boom or bust player, right? Justin Fields is top five in the league in air yards per attempt, which means he's not completing many over the middle. But when he is completing them, they're normally downfield, right? And we've seen DJ Moore have a 30-yard catch in three straight games. We've seen him post a first-read target share um, over 30% in all three of those games as well. So what that means is he's clearly the number one target and he's getting downfield targets, which is a good recipe for success for a wide receiver. The problem is the quarterback throwing him those targets, right? He's also yeah. at the top of the league in uncatchable pass rate so far this year as well. So it's boomer bust. You could get screwed if you're starting DJ Moore, whether it's in fantasy, whether it's in DFS tonight, but also I like the upside. I see the potential. Washington's been beat deep pretty much every single week so far this year. So for me, I do like DJ Moore. What do you think about? Uh, you mentioned Chase Young earlier. He's probably about playing the best he's that that he's ever played. You notice that? Yeah. What I will say though is uh, my interpretation of everything I've seen is uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the term hero ball, right? We normally use it in basketball. A guy's yeah. going out there, he's playing hero ball. He's playing. Lamar Jackson. Ball. Lamar Jackson just did it this past weekend. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we're seeing from Chase Young. Like, I, I wish I saw a little bit more team mentality from him out there. But to me, it looks like he's kind of bull rushing. He's going to the quarterback. The problem that creates, obviously, the pressure has been good. There's a lot of wide open running holes now on the right side of the offense or the defensive line because Chase Young is so aggressively going after the quarterback. He's not actually setting the edge, right, which no. is one of the most important things a defensive end can do. you got to set the edge. That's very important slowing down the run game specifically he's not really doing that he's going out there it's it's to me it's kind of like an nba player only shooting threes right we're seeing him go for the sacks he's getting some sacks but i, I want to see him do some of the little things as well so maybe that's me as a, a fan just nitpicking too much maybe i should be happy with no, what i'm seeing but you're not nitpicking the knock against chase young coming out of college was sometime he refuses to play in the scheme and that he'll just go for his stats another knock against trace young too many Ch Trace Young, Chase Young, too many times he ends up behind the quarterback. When you're behind the quarterback, then you're a, a man short. You know what I'm saying? So the idea is to sack the quarterback, not to stand behind him. You know what I'm saying? So, but but it's, it's good to see him playing. You know what I'm saying? So let's just take that as a, as a, as a good look right there that he's out there and he's on the field. Talking about these commander players, I didn't, I didn't see no props for Brian Robinson Jr. when I was looking. Or maybe I just overlooked it. Yeah, I like Robinson. I, I've been he's going to be a guy people like like a like a lot tonight, right? Yeah, he's he's definitely one of the more popular guys. I'm part of that as well. I got him at 61 and a half rush yards. What we've seen so far, he's cleared 70 rush yards in both games so far this season where they've won the game, right? When they're in a positive game script, when they're not actually trailing all game, I think he's going to have plenty of carries in this one. So for me, I see at least, you know, 15, 16, 17 carries 
170 yards in a game where they should be ahead. This actually could be his first 100-plus yard rushing game of the year, in my opinion. Now, do you think that uh, Antonio Gibson gets involved, too, or is he just like a nothing for fantasy purposes? I think Gibson's involved when they're trailing, right, when they're behind and you need the pass-catching element a little bit more. I think that's where he comes in play. But for me, especially the fumbling problem, three fumbles already on the season. This is something that he's had to deal with last season as well. I just don't love Antonio Gibson. Is your dog all right? He's annoying, but that's <laughs> he like you annoying. Right, right, right. You maybe he disagrees with the Antonio Gibson analysis. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He's not the biggest Antonio Gibson fan in the world. <laughs> I'm not either, right? I mean, I'm not either. I don't like these fumbles. He doesn't either right now. Yeah, so good for him. Good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's active and feeling well today. You know what I'm saying? All right. Uh, who else do I want to talk about with this contest right here? Uh, the Washington uh, pass catchers. What we think about my man Curtis Samuel, who's going right back in my starting lineup this week. Hey, Curtis Samuel, don't worry. Cooper Cup will be here soon. I can put you back on the bench. Um, and then, um, you know, Dotson, who been kind of a disappointment. Your man, Logan Thomas. What's up with the commander pass catchers? Yeah, for me, I think Terry McLaurin's kind of the obvious guy. I mean, he's the star in this room. He's the leader in this room. And I think he's the number one target no matter what. For me, the number two target I'd be targeting is Curtis Samuel. I'm kind of skipping on Jahan Dotson. It hasn't looked yeah. like the chemistry has been there as much as I expected. They even looked pretty good in preseason together as well. But I guess now that we've got Terry out there playing his best, that's that's my number one target. And we, we've talked about Samuel, I believe, a little earlier in the week as well. But I like him as well. I think over the middle yeah, is we really did. where he shines. And that's what Sam Howell likes to look at. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's like that too, likes to target the middle of the field. So oh, that should be interesting right there. Now that little QR code you see down there, that is our link to get to our contrarian edge optimizer. You hit your phone right there. And that'll help you get the best DFS advice that you can, help you set your lineup. As a matter of fact, you can give it a seven-day free trial right now. But I would suggest going ahead and signing up for the whole thing and getting it done and getting it out the way because there is a good chance that um, once you start having success, you're not going to need that seven-day test drive. So go ahead and um, and, and give the Contrarian um, Optimizer a spin right over there at Sportstopia.io. Matter of fact, rankings already up over there for uh, week five as well. So sportstopia.io is the site to go get your rankings go get set up and go be with the cool kids in the fantasy industry right now all right contrarian edge optimizer showdown slate for tonight i'll give you a couple different options uh see what you like about this see let me know what you're thinking sam howe curtis samuel antonio gibson cole Komet, justin fields and brian robinson jr i mean i like it to me that one sounds like a, a kind of I don't want to say popular lineup combination. I think that one seems to be a little bit more down on the bears, you know, which I'm fine with as a commander's backer in this one. Um, but did, did you say it had Gibson and Robinson in it? It had Gibson probably, and Robinson in it. I wouldn't like that, right? Yeah, that's probably what I would look to avoid just because you got to realize those guys are directly stealing the touchdowns from each other, right? They're the direct competition to each other. So I probably wouldn't stack both of those guys in this game. Uh, Justin Fields, Sam Howe. Brian Robinson Jr., Commander's Defense, Darnell Mooney, and Joey Sly. 
Yeah, I think the Mooney one is interesting. I think I, it's the contrarian edge optimizer for a reason, and I'm with him. I like Mooney today. I think he's one of those guys. We talked about DJ Moore a little bit earlier, but we got to realize Justin Fields is going to kind of have to beat Washington through the air. The strength of this team is the defensive line. Yep. So what happens when you force him to pass? He's going to have to look downfield. Mooney's another one of those downfield targets. So he's a long shot. You know, he's not really going to give you consistency, but if you're looking for kind of a 30-yard touchdown, a 40-yard touchdown, then I'm going to be getting some Mooney in my lineups tonight as well. Would you rather have a lineup with uh, – obviously the pricing is different. Curtis Samuel is about $600 on DraftKings higher than Darnell Mooney. You would rather go – if you had to put one in the lineup, would it be Mooney or, or Samuel? That's a good question. I think – I still think uh, Samuel – or sorry, not Samuel. Whoa, I still think Curtis Samuel. I think Washington has the higher team total in this game. I think they have more of a chance for offensive explosion. And I like that Curtis Samuel, especially in the red zone, isn't just used as a pass catcher. He's used as a running back as well, which is not something that Darnell Mooney can say. So I, I like Curtis Samuel in that one. Yeah, so this lineup, I think, will kind of reflect that this next one. Justin Fields, Sam Howe. Notice, notice a lot of these two quarterback lineups. Fields with with uh, a quarterback in the captain spot. Uh, Fields, Sam Howe, BJR, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson, Darnell Mooney. Yeah, I think, like I said, if we can avoid the double running back, I like the rest of that lineup a lot, to be honest. I think that's a really good start. I think you have to go a lot of double quarterback like the like the projections are showing because there's not any elite talent right normally you can kind of avoid that sometimes if you got a stefan diggs on the slate or if you got a cmc but we don't so yeah. you got to pay up for those quarterbacks no doubt it's um oh that's interesting i just saw something very interesting I, i'll tell you about that in a second first let me just last contrarian edge optimizer fields how dual quarterbacks antonio gibson terry mclaurin commander's defense roshan johnson I like this one. I like the Roshan mention as well, because we yeah. got to remember, if Roshan's been coming in when the team is behind, and Khalil Herbert's been playing when the team's ahead. So the way the, the projections build this lineup is they have a lot of commanders, right, showing that they believe in the commander's offense. And then it's kind of a run back with the, the running back that plays a negative game script. So I like the correlation there. I like Roshan Johnson. I definitely like that lineup. Um, Sam Howe has been... He's really only had one bad game this year. Well, put it like this. He's played better on the road than he has at home this season. You think that's just competition or you think that's something to that? I think it's competition. Okay. I think it's competition. I haven't seen anything from him. He seems like a very composed cornerback. He doesn't seem like the moment is ever too big for him, whether it's on the road or at home. So for me, I, I think it's purely just the teams that he was playing against, especially the Bills. Before we get into the rest of the slate, check this out. Joel Embiid uh, has announced, or not announced, but I guess he was asked. And Joel Embiid says um, he intends to play for the United States in the Olympics next year. Oh wow! Yeah, that's great. <laughs> because I was I was worried about Nicholas Claxton having to be the U.S. <laughs> having to be our center. But thanks, Joe, for your dual citizenship. Anyway, let's get back to what we're here to discuss: the NFL. Um, how do you handle the London game? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I guess at least we finally got a good one, right? I mean, after all these years, it's good to at least have a good matchup in London, right? The Jags have been kind of bad. Now they're actually pretty good. We get a good Bills team. For betting purposes, this game's always tougher for me. I don't like betting these weird spot games. Jacksonville's obviously been in London for a week already, so they kind yeah. of have the, 
the rest advantage, despite the fact that this is technically a home game for the Bills. And from everything I'm hearing, the audience um, is going to be heavy Bills skewed. That's everything I'm reading online. Um, apparently, London is a big bandwagon town. So they're real big on the Bills and the Chiefs up there. So everything I've heard from from some of my people around there saying the Bills will have the home crowd, which is interesting. But I like the Bills. I think they're the better team. Am I going to lay like six points in London? Probably not. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. That number is actually uh, five. five. I'm about to say we've seen some road fives, but then this is not a road five. Jacksonville is actually in London, too. They actually might as well. I don't know. This is weird. You know, you know, you know, you know, Usher is out there this week. He's performing like the Super Bowl performance. Yeah, the Super Bowl performer yeah. Usher is performing in London this week. So really? I guess I don't. I, I doubt that's a coincidence. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, London yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Usher's in London. I saw some people. Well, I I know some people that you know in in that in in the Jacksonville Jaguar organization, and they were at the uh, the Usher concert in London last night. So. Shout out to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I'm going to run a quick contrarian edge optimizer on that game because that is a standalone 9.30 a.m. start. Travis Etienne, Sherfield, Christian Kirk, Stephon Diggs, Trevor Lawrence, Evan Ingram. I'm not playing Trent Sherfield. <laughs> I'm not Good doing you. that. I mean, hey, I liked him on the Dolphins last year. I liked him. I liked the player. But as someone that I'm a fan of, I know that he's the fourth string wide receiver, fifth string. I'd rather go Harris, the guy that they're using in kind of a weird gadget role instead. Yeah, no, that that, that makes sense. I wouldn't use that dude either. Zay, Zay Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, Evan Ingram. Interesting. The double tight end right there. I think Knox is very interesting, and I'm going to be using him over Kincaid. I think more people will flock to Kincaid, but Kincaid has like a three A dot. All of his targets are right at the line of scrimmage. They're not high value targets. For me, Dawson Knox, the tight end or the other tight end that we, we know a little bit better, is actually getting those downfield targets. He's getting more red zone targets. So I like the double tight end in that lineup, and I'll be playing a decent amount of Dawson Knox. That's interesting. Okay, Dawson Knox in the mix. Uh, Josh Allen, Travis Etienne, Evan Ingram, Dalton Kincaid, James Cook, Dawson Knox. You got three tight ends right there. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get to three. That's very contrarian right there. I was going to say. I mean, but the thing about these showdown slates is you got to get so different if you want to win the big money. I mean, we've seen it from our own staff over here, right? A lot of ties for the top. So if you are really trying to win – the big money. It's a little different if you're in a 50 50 contest. Then I'm not rolling out three tight ends. No, yeah, no 100%. Line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to win a 50 50, which you don't have to do. <laughs> Winning a 50 50 ain't going to do nothing but make you mad. You know what I'm saying? Trust me, I've been there. Yeah. Putting lineups in the wrong, you know, in the wrong contest and stuff like that. What a disaster. Um, all right, let's check this one out. James Cook, the Jaguars defense, Christian Kirk, Steph Diggs. Travis Etienne and Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis becoming a little bit more consistent this year. Yeah, and I mean, I like it. Gabe Davis is a fun wide receiver. He's kind of the post-hype sleeper kind of guy, right? The whole world there you was go. in love yep. with him last season. He was being drafted super highly, and then he was injured all year long, and people kind of gave up on him. So I like the Gabe Davis ad right there. The only thing that scares me, you got to be real brave to play the Jacksonville defense. I mean, like, any defense against Josh Allen and defense yeah. against Patrick Mahomes, those kind of guys, that is that's a territory I don't normally mess with. To be honest. Yeah, no, you you want to get bad at Josh Allen if you're doing that, or else you know you could you could get uh, your doors blown off 
because Buffalo has been doing that. Interesting to see how they play on the road. Maybe that breaks up that momentum. Um, uh, The Giants are in Miami this weekend. Should we just go all in on the Dolphins and be like, the Giants are trash and they're probably going to quit? Or do you think, this is what I've seen a lot of, the Giants are playing better defensively than you've been people think. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe I haven't picked up on that either. It's kind of hard to focus on the defense. When, when the offense sucks. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, oh, this defense is great, y'all. <laughs> it's 40 to nothing. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, someone that bet Thibodeau sacks before the season, it was good to see him finally yeah. get in the mix of things last game, showing some explosiveness on the edge. They got Aziz Alshuari back, who's obviously one of the stronger kind of linebackers in terms of I'm blitzing the quarterback. That's something you love to see. For me, I still don't know if I'm going to back the Giants from a betting purpose. No, I wouldn't do that. But I think they actually show a little life here. The the key is they just got to get the ball out fast. And if they can do that, if they can survive, if they can keep Daniel Jones upright for more than 10 seconds, then they should theoretically be able to score some points in this game. But I can't really back this team. The one guy I will shout out in this game, Wando Robinson. That's the guy I'll be playing in this one. He's min price on DraftKings, so the bare minimum. He played the third most snaps out of any Giants wide receiver last week, which is an improvement from only nine snaps in his first week where he still caught like four catches. So for me, Wandell at the bare minimum is a guy we'll be rolling with in this one. So I was going to ask you who would you come back with if you plan on getting a lot of Dolphins in your lineup and you think, okay, and you'll come back with Wandell. Uh, Detroit is going up against Carolina. Detroit's at home. Number move from nine and a half up to 10. I was trying to make the case for Carolina, but I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to leave that alone, um, uh, Stu. I'm not ready to lay 10 with the Lions yet, but obviously for DFS, this purpose is this weekend. you got to get involved with that offense. Who's it going to be? Yeah, man, this is a tough one from the spread. I mean, for offense, I think you just got to go David Montgomery. I think if if I'm playing anyone in DFS in this game, David Montgomery is going to be one of my highest owned players of the week, I think. He's one of those guys. We saw him come back. He didn't practice all of last week, right, before he made his return. He didn't practice whatsoever. And then he carried the ball freaking 30 times in prime time. The whole world is, you know, rooting for Jameer Gibbs. But at the end of the day, I'd rather be on the same side as the coaching staff than on the same side of people complaining on Twitter. You know what I mean? And David Montgomery is the guy. And this is a team that continues to be one of the top five most run-heavy teams, dating back to last year when Dan Campbell took over as the play caller, right? They're going to run the ball a lot. They clearly like what David Montgomery is doing. He's right now in metrics well, like success rate. To me, I'm going to be going with David Montgomery. Plus, red zone. I didn't even mention He's getting all the touchdowns in the world. That's probably my favorite two-touchdown bet of the week. Ooh, I like that one right there, David Montgomery. I could definitely see him in there because Carolina struggles against that run, and people do it a lot against Carolina. Carolina should not be able to move the football. Uh, if you want to come back with somebody, it's Adam Thielen, but I, 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 it's just a bad look right now. Frank Wright, thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, they can't move the ball. Like, that's no, the thing. Exactly. I, I wanted to plug my nose and take the Panthers. Me too. That was kind of where I started, but the more I think about it, I just don't think they can move the ball. And that's going to create so many good field position drives. And we know the Lions can move the ball. So I just couldn't do it. I, I was going to do it at the beginning of the week, but I had to I had to back off. I like the Lions too much in this one. Uh, let's talk about Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore four-point road favorite in this one. Now, Pittsburgh, I, I would take the four with Pittsburgh because Balt- it, it's one of those throw-out-the-record games. I could, of course, see Baltimore winning. 
and you know going three and zero on the road in their division to start the season, right? But I can also see the Pittsburgh Steelers pulling out a close victory as well. Oh, uh, this is going to be a field goal game, a down to the wire game, a one or two point game. That's how these two teams play. Um, does that kind of slow grind out AFC North game lead for anything good fantasy? Like, is it a hero ball, Lamar, or is it like a I, no, nothing, huh? Yeah, I'm, I think the way you describe the game is the way I see the game as well. It's I think it's low scoring. I don't see a lot of offense. If there's one guy I play a little bit of, I might try to get a little different and go some Gus Edwards, the guy okay. that should have some pretty good red zone opportunities. And the Steelers' run defense has been surprisingly bad this year. You kind of expect it to be a little bit better than it was. Mostly that linebacker core that seems to be struggling behind that very good defensive line. Cam Hayward is obviously a big deal as well on that D-line. So – it's a it's a close game. It's a grimy game for DFS purposes. It's probably going to be mostly a stay away for me. Yeah, that should be a good football game to watch. Not a good football game to uh, get our wagertainment on with. So I'd agree with my man Stu on that one right there. Uh, what do we have? Uh, here's an interesting game. Maybe the most interesting game of the week to me. And I think it's going to be some fantasy fireworks despite a low total. The Atlanta Falcons and the Houston Texans. Everybody is on the Houston Texans. The Atlanta Falcons are the way to go in this game, in my opinion. Now, I think we need to do some DFS. We need to do some stacking in this game. I think despite the total being 41, you can't really not really go into a week without looking at what C.J. Stroud can do with that receiving core. Obviously, B. John is going to have a ton of usage. This is going to be a close game. It could go into overtime, so you get yourself some extra stats there. How would you break down this game from a DFS perspective and handicapping it if you, you know, if you so choose? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited. I'm, I think we learn a lot about both these teams, right? How do the Texans deal with the team that only wants to run the ball right here? Because we, from a DFS perspective, I love Bijan Robinson, especially in a week where you can't really pay up for too many elite running backs, right? It's not like we have all the options in the world on the main slate this week. So Bijan's going to be a guy that I go to quite frequently. And then, like you mentioned, CJ Stroud on the other side, he isn't just playing well for a rookie quarterback. He's playing well for anybody, right? And this team is getting the ball out fast. They use a lot of motion, which I'm a big fan of. We see the best teams in the league using a lot of motion right now, and that's for a reason. You're getting your guys free releases, and you're creating a lot of opportunities for yak. So for me, a guy like Nico Collins is kind of the perfect stack option for a guy like CJ Shroud. A lot of yak opportunities. He's getting downfield targets, and he's number one on the team in target share. So for me, I think I'm going to have a lot of Nico Collins this week. I think CJ Shroud is a good look. And then Bijan Robinson on the other side is really the only guy I can trust. I'm not going to be one of those guys that plays cow pits every single week and hope something happens, right? I'm sticking with Bijan, and that's what I'm going to do. What is the mental state of a person who continues to roll cow pits out there? Like, is this a person that likes zeros in their lineups? Is this a person that likes underperforming? This is a person that likes contrarian edges. This is a person that is no edge to it, so it's not a contrarian edge. Or just a person that's just hard-headed. I think hard-headed. I think sad. Sad. Like, you're, <laughs> into the good yeah. Brown, you're probably just sad. You're like, come on. Do I got to start Kyle Pitts or some Hunter Henry kind of player? And these guys probably end up picking Kyle Pitts. But at the end of the day, he's proven time and time again that despite the talent being clearly there, the usage in this offense just isn't. And then now the quarterback play is probably the worst it's ever been throughout his whole career so far this year. So 
it's just really hard to trust any pass catchers in that offense. What do you think Kyler Murray would look like in a Arthur Smith offense? That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. I think if you get if you get Arthur Smith a mobile quarterback, I mean, if, if from the day one that Lamar Jackson was available, the Falcons should have been begging. Like, they should have been absolutely begging. That's a perfect fit for the kind of offense they want to run. But instead, oh, yeah, we got our guy, Desmond Ritter, who's clearly not going to be here next year, maybe not even halfway through the year. Honestly, I think when Taylor Heineke takes over this team at some point in the season, I think they will improve. It's just more if than when for me. But I, I would love to see Kyler in this offense. So this is some of the reports or sources close to the organization, right? Um. So I guess they were asked, like, okay, why are you guys not in on Lamar Jackson, but you were willing, but you guys were clearly in on Deshaun Watson? And they were like, okay, different place, different time. Okay. And then somebody said, well, you got to look at the injury history as well. Well, you knew Watson was going to miss. The, the thought was Watson was going to miss the whole season. Then he missed 12 games, 10 games, whatever the case may be. Jackson missed get, – do you know if the Atlanta Falcons would have went after Lamar Jackson and went and got Lamar Jackson, the Atlanta Falcons would be up there with Dallas, Philadelphia, and San Francisco as far as the NFC? I think they would be. And I mean, look, it's so weird that they did not go after Lamar Jackson. It baffles me. It's it's not even – it's like if I was a Falcons fan, I'd be mad, right? I think it's bad management. I think this this front office did not set up their team to succeed, especially when you look at that offensive line. It's writing out as a top-five unit so far. The defense is getting better. This is a team that has the pieces to win. We've drafted back-to-back-to-back first-round talents on offense. And B. John Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. And we're not using any of these guys effectively whatsoever. For me, yeah, if I was in Atlanta, I, I would be incredibly frustrated that there was not a strong effort to get a Lamar Jackson or even, like you said, a Kyler Murray could be a very solid piece for a team that likely wants to, you know, take a Caleb Williams this year. I blame people in the Atlanta media. I would have been holding the organization accountable, but, you know, and that, you know, that's not me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody ain't everybody ain't the type of uh, media person that I am because I would have been in there. Excuse me, what the hell wrong with y'all? Um, But you're watching right now, sportstopia.io. Uh, fantasy fire and ice NFL edition. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, our man, monotone football stew. That QR code that, that you see right there, that takes you to our contrarian edge optimizer. Over there is where you get the optimizer that's really making Millie Maker winners almost weekly now. Our founder, Daryl, has been at the top of the heap a couple times already. So shout out to him. Now, with that code, what it'll do is it'll take you to a, a landing page where you can get a optimizer seven day test drive you only pay a dollar for that i suggest bypassing the paying the dollar just go ahead and sign up and pay the full price and go ahead and get the worthwhile uh, information to help you a more dynamic fantasy um, person you also can hit that subscribe button hit that like button as you watch this video on youtube and don't forget please go over there and check out our records check out all the written content sportstopia.io all right game of the week with the biggest total it comes where where it always comes from the game that has the Kansas City Chiefs, and especially if the games that gives we miss Minnesota Vikings, it means very little defense will be played. Kansas City uh road four and a half point favorite versus Minnesota. Fifty three is a total. Should be some fantasy fireworks in this one. Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson. What are we doing? How we start? Yeah, no, I mean, this is going to be the chalk game of the week, the super popular game of the week. I think the way I get different in this one is I think I'm going to be playing a lot of Isaiah Pacheco. For me, 
back-to-back-to-back weeks. He's impressed me. He's not only looked like a dynamic runner, he's been more involved in the passing game. And the only time we see his so-called competition is when the game's over, right? Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out of this offense in regular non-garbage time minutes, and Jarek McKinnon is pretty much only coming in for two-minute drill snaps and the occasional long third down. So for me, when you got a guy like Pacheco playing this well in a fantastic matchup, right, against a team that can't stop the run to save their life, I think while a lot of people are going to pay up for Travis Kelsey, I'm probably going to avoid that. To me, Kelsey is still coming back kind of gradually. This is a team in the Chiefs that is looking to win a ring. They're not looking to win week five games by 40 million. So I think the playbook, as we always see from the Chiefs, is going to be a little bit more simple early in the year. I think going to be a lot of Pacheco, especially in the red zone. Uh, I don't think Travis Kelsey hasn't cleared his prop yet this season. I don't. Yeah, no, I don't think he's even been close. I mean, yep. I mean, the one he's hit is he had a touchdown in one game, but that's not a traditional prop. But yeah, yep. he cashed one all year. He has not. And I believe last last week, the during the, the live number, the under hit in the live number. You know what I mean? So it's it's um, people are definitely taking him away, and obviously so. That's where the office is really running through uh, with the with the weapons they have now. But you're right about Pacheco. Um, and I, what do you think about Jeff this week? Would Jeff be your first guy, or would it be Christian McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill? Oh, that's a tough one. I think just because this game is going to be so popular, then I'll probably go other spots. I probably will pay up for some of these other guys that'll be less popular. Just just like the contrarian edge optimizer, I'm trying to be different out here, right? And if, if I think a lot of people are going to pick up for these top tier guys, especially the Chiefs defense is not what we remember it as. A lot of people think this is just some bottom tier bad defense. Not at the all. Defense is playing well right now. Yeah, I think really it's the best part of their team, if you ask me. You know what I'm saying? So. I can all uh, get down with you on that one right there. Um, let's go to the other game that should have some fantasy fireworks. Philadelphia Eagles travel to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Um, I gave Philadelphia fan that's traveling to Los Angeles a warning on the morning show this morning. I'm going to repeat that warning. Philadelphia Eagle fan, you go out to Los Angeles and think you're going to beat the people up in the stands, you have another thing coming. Them L.A. fans like to fight in the stands just like y'all do. And you're going into their building. I know it's going to be a lot of y'all. And, and you're going to be talking trash and all of that in them people's stadium. Them people fight in their stadium. Be careful out there because them L.A. fans will whip your ass in that stadium. So that's my message to Philadelphia Eagle fan. Don't say I'm hating. I'm just letting you know. Yes, y'all like to fight in the fan in the stands. They fight in the stands every Sunday. So don't think you're going to get any wins over there going to L.A. It may be Hollywood, but you get your ass kicked in the stands. Will they get their ass kicked? On the field, though, I like the Rams covering the four and a half. I don't know if they win the game. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I wish I could have got the Rams at like the six earlier in the week, yeah. the five and a half that was up there. For me, this is my favorite game of the week for DFS purposes, especially. I'm going to be all over both sides. I think this is a game that sets up great for both offenses. I'm already on the over. I was lucky enough to grab the opening line um, at 46 and a half, but I'm, I would play the over up to 50. And I really do like the Eagles team total as well. This Rams defense has kind of been torched every single week. They're, they're not a deep unit. Aaron Donald dealing with some injury reports stuff if he's not out there that's obviously a huge deal for me I love Hurts in this one I love Devonta Smith the Rams are a very high zone team and for me it's kind of simple AJ Brown and Devonta Smith are both really good AJ Brown's a bit more of the man buster and um you know Devonta Smith's more of the zone buster so when I see a team that plays a lot of zone I'm going to be playing a lot of Devonta Smith on the other side 
Cooper Cup is the big question. For me, I don't think he plays. I don't know about you guys. Um, the hamstring stuff, he had to see the specialist. It was a bit of a complicated ordeal. If he does play, I still think he's going to be eased back into it, which means for me, another week of Puka Nakua. He's going to be someone I'm very heavy on. Hopefully, the Cooper Cup kind of mystery um, maybe calms the ownership down and keeps people away from him. But I like both sides of the offense in this one. Let me ask you this. Would you buy Puka Nakua right now? Ah, uh, yeah, probably. Probably. It depends on what you got to give up. But for me, sending out trade feelers, seeing what people are thinking, I don't think that hurts at all because I think a lot of people are instantly going to think Cooper Cup is going to 100% over. Yeah. steal his job. But that's, that's also when we thought that at the beginning of the season, we got to remember, we all thought that because people thought Van Jefferson was going to be the wide receiver too. He's barely even on this team without yeah. Cooper Cup. Exactly. Right? So now that we add him back, I think we're still going to see plenty of Puka. I think we'll see plenty of Puka too. I would look to try to buy low as well. Um, and then and then Cooper Cup will probably get hurt again. Knock on wood. I hope he doesn't. As a guy who, all right, let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get in that lineup, son. Let's go. Get on that virtual field for me. Um, speaking of getting on that virtual field for me, come on, Jonathan Taylor. Let's go. Get on that virtual field for me. But he's going up against Tennessee's defense this week. Is he going to play? And it, 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 we think he'll be effective. I think he's going to play. I don't think he's actually been hurt. Like, or I mean, no. it's hurt to a certain extent, but he's been saying he's 100% for like two weeks. So for me, I think he's healthy. I think he's out there. I'm still not going to be playing him. I have a tough call in my home league. I've got um, both Cup and Jonathan Taylor on my team, which is. Oh, me too. Look at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, we are risk takers. <laughs> yeah. But now I've got to decide, right? Do I play Jonathan Taylor in arguably the worst matchup in the league, right? Against a tough Titans um, defensive line? Or do I go to a guy like Brees Hall, who's supposed to be unleashed this week for the yeah. first time? Like, I think a lot of people are going to have tough calls like that. For me, I'm going to be staying away from Jonathan Taylor. I drafted him. I've got him on a lot of teams. But this is the worst matchup you can possibly come back to. He's probably not fully ingrained in the play calling. We still see some Zach Moss out there. For me, I've probably got to wait and see and hope I don't get burned. Listen, now, don't just take that uh, message blindly because some of you, like me, going to have to play him this week. You know what I'm saying? Because P.S. Strong ain't going to cut it. So, you know what I mean? You know, that that that, that that's his league. Some other you people, if you think about Pierre Strong, go ahead and start Jonathan Taylor, Very right? True. Very, <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah, yeah. No, that's and even like my other guy, Antonio Gibson, in another league. It's between him and it's I gotta start Jonathan Taylor over Antonio Gibson. You know what I mean? But if you do have a startable running back one, borderline running back two, I'm still going with them. Just like I'd I'd fade any running back going against the Titans defense, to be completely honest. What about Michael Pittman going against that defense this week? I think Pittman is interesting. I think last week we saw the targets dip a little bit, but he's still one of the more consistent guys. My problem is this is the ultimate boomer bust Anthony Richardson game because he's going against a terrible secondary and a great rush defense. So for me, this is the guy with the worst completion percentage over expectation so far, but he's made up for it with a bunch of big chunk plays, right? He's kind of made up for the inaccuracy with huge downfield plays. You can have huge downfield plays against this team, right? So for me... A guy like Alec Pierce is someone I'm going to be playing a lot. And I really don't think anyone else in the world is going to play him. Like, I think he's going to be extremely low owned. But when I look at what is the clear weakness of this team, it's explosive plays on defense. What's the clear strength of Anthony Richardson's offensive game besides the running? It's explosive plays. So for me, a guy like Pittman, a guy like Downs, they both have sub 10 A dots. They're getting a lot of targets close to the line of scrimmage. Pierce 
is running straight down the field. And if you're playing in a big DFS contest, you're paying, you know, min price for him, then all you need is really one of those 30, 40 yard catches and you're feeling pretty good. No doubt. Oh, Saints have now become a one point road favorite at the Patriots. This is the nastiest game on the schedule. Is there anything that you can pull from this? I mean, Alvin Kamara is going to be the guy that gets popular. I think he'll get some ownership. I mean, we saw freaking 14 catches last week. This is just like, I don't understand why Jameis isn't starting here. If Derek yeah. Carr can't throw the ball down the field, I don't understand this why. This line movement could be for Jameis. It, it could be. It, it also, just people hate the Patriots. People, people don't despise the Patriots right now. Yeah. It's This is just, this is such an ugly game. If I had to bet it like gun to my head, I'll still take the Saints just because I think their defense is better. Now, no Gonzalez on the other side, but the line movement has made this just. A crazy game. I admit the under alt unders, you know, under, t you know, 14 team totals for plus 200 or whatever. It's this is a mess. I would not be going yeah. in DFS. No, nah, no, I, I would agree with you on that one as well. All right, let's see where we are going to go on DFS. Let's get ready to run the comp, uh, the uh, contrarian edge, the contrarian edge um, lineup generator right here, the contrarian edge optimizer, excuse me, right here, and see kind of, oh, this one right here is going to blow your mind. Wow, this is some real interest. Okay, I can see that. All right, okay. So, to answer our question, it looks like the optimizer is telling us that the optimizer likes Tyreek Hill as the guy, right? So, we'll start there. So, I give it, but listen to this quarterback, Mac Jones. Just talked yeah. about him. Najee Harris runs like Ezekiel Elliott. Karen Williams, Tyreek Hill, Rondell Moore, Mr. Donut, Cortland Sutton. Hunter Henry, Amon Ross, St. Brown, the Saints defense. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that one. Yeah, I mean, talk about contrarian, man. That's oh very God. contrarian. If, if you're going to play a contrarian minimum price quarterback, at this point, play Zach Wilson if you have to. Against the Denver defense that's the worst in the league, don't go don't go up against the Saints defense, which is a top 10 defensive unit. That's not the team I want to you know play a bad quarterback against, so – yeah, and the Hunter Henry correlation, I, I respect it. I like this is a solid lineup if you're playing 150 lineups, but most people watching this are playing five, 10, 15. So I wouldn't be, you know, doing this with just your your 10 lineups. Uh Zach Wilson, Brees Hall, David Montgomery, Tyreek Hill, Garrett Wilson, DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, James Conner, the Jets defense. I like that one. I, I like, like that, that one, one too. That that's a that's a this Jets defense kind of embarrasses a bad team and they get ahead and they score and they're efficient in the red zone. I like that team. That is exactly what I said a second ago. And I said if you want to get different, do this kind of lineup. I, li I like that one. This one gets a little funky, but yeah, you got to play some bad players sometimes, bad teams. Then we get one: Josh Dobbs, Bijan Robinson, Brees Hall, Saint Brown, Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman, who we mentioned, Zach Ertz. David Montgomery, who we mentioned, and the Titans defense on the road. Yeah, Dobbs is an interesting one. I mean, I like the Cardinals because I'm just not a Bengals believer, and I, I won't be until they prove me wrong. But if I had to get exposure, I'm probably just going James Conner, right? I mean, he's the touchdown guy. He catches passes. He's going to get 15 carries. In that Arizona game, instead of going to Dobbs, I'd probably just sit back and, and play a lot of James Conner. Yep. All right, final one right here. Pat Mahomes, Alvin Kamara, James Conner, Garrett Wilson, Marquise Brown, Tyler Boyd, Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, and the New England Patriots defense. 
I like that one. I like the Patriots yeah. defense call right there too. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. That's an ugly game. The other quarterback can't throw the ball 10 yards down the field. So I think that one's probably my favorite of them. I like the Tyree kill start as well. Once again, we've talked about that with all these lineups. Um, the optimizer likes him this week. We talked about it a little bit earlier with fading the popular game, right? If the whole world is playing Justin Jefferson at the top, you put them side by side, Justin Jefferson and Tyree kill are going to give you pretty similar weeks, a lot of explosions, but one of them is going Whoa. to be 30% owned. One of them is going to be 10% owned. So let's yep. take the 10% guy. No doubt. All right, so there you go right there. That is now a week five Thursday night football preview and early look at what's going on this week. Don't forget sportstopia.io is the digital address. And don't forget, hit that QR code, that contrarian edge optimizer. All this information we just hit you with is absolutely 100% free, at least on this program. So at least you could do is hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, tell a friend to tell a friend. My man, Stu Monotone Football is Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. Shout out to the Better Network. Thank you very much for the real estate. We out.